Hey, I'm Gina Keeping, ex-classroom teacher turned mindset and business mentor. Not too long ago, overwhelm and stress was my norm. Now, I have created a life where I help entrepreneurial women create an unstoppable mindset and teach them how to grow and scale their own businesses, all while getting their own gifts out into the world and creating an impact. Welcome to the Keeping It Real podcast where each week I bring you an inspiring person or message where we talk about all things life and business related, where our conversations are real, the information is inspiring, we have a splash of fun, we have lots of laughs, and we dive into life lessons and deep conversations about all the things. On today's episode, I talk with Emily King, who is a wealth and abundance coach here in St. John's, Newfoundland. We talk about the misconceptions around money. We talk about money blocks. We talk about money archetypes. We talk about how to create your own vision for your business based on manifestation. And we really have the best conversation. So let's tune in and I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Well, welcome, welcome, Emily King. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. Welcome. Thanks so much, Gina. Happy to be here. Oh my, this is a 180 degree turn for me because you have been the catalyst for me in terms of my business. So to have you here on the show, um, it means a lot to me. So thank you for being here. Oh my God, thank you. Yeah, (laughs) I know how amazing you are, but our listeners uh, may not know who you are. Could you just take a moment and introduce yourself, please? Yeah. So name's Emily King and I'm also a Newfoundlander like Gina and uh, I help women entrepreneurs grow their income and their impact. So I do wealth and abundance coaching and business uh, coaching and that's been my jam since 2015. And you run an awesome mastermind. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Got a mastermind on the go. Yeah. I love it. And you haven't always been an entrepreneur. I know you have business in your family, but can you share your journey about how you became a money mindset coach and what that journey entailed? Yeah. So I have a weird roundabout journey. So my undergrad is actually music performance. And then didn't know what I wanted to do with that, graduated. And I was like, let me just do a master's in business. That's got to lead to something, right? (laughs) So graduated with my master's in business, still had no idea what I wanted to do in life. And I'm sure there's probably some of your listeners out there that are or were in my shoes of when I graduated, I just felt like there was something more for me to do in life, but I couldn't put my finger on it. And it was frustrating as hell. And lo and behold, I discovered this whole thing of mindset and the power of your mindset and started getting into coaching program. Like I didn't even know what coaching was at the time because this was back. Oh, geez, this would have been almost like 10 years ago. 10 years? It's kind of crazy. Yeah, because I graduated my MBA in 2011. Yeah, I'm getting Okay, yeah, 2011, I graduated. And then it was that summer that I felt lost and like, what am I doing with my life? And that's when I started to hire a coach and get into this world. So it's been 10 years. Wow. (laughs) Oh my goodness. And just like to see, and I didn't know you back then, but man, what you've accomplished in 10 years. Yeah. Cause back then, um, like I had this picture, it's, it's kind of funny. So that summer that I graduated my MBA, couldn't get a job, didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, and my dad felt so bad for me. He runs his own business and he hired me to do random things at his office building. And he was like, well, we got these concrete posts we need painted. Do you want to come in and paint them? 
So I took, a, there's a picture of these blue concrete posts that I painted 10 years ago. And I, I learned how to take up tiles. I painted their shed that summer, like really just did whatever I could to make money. And um, yeah, so I started learning about this mindset stuff. And I guess to make a long story short, with that portion of the journey then was just really soaked it up and was like, it was like somebody had kept this secret from me for decades and I had finally been exposed to it. Like what? Like you can use your mindset to change your life. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it was crazy. Like, like vision, board, like what are vision boards? Like tell me and affirmations, like tell me more about this. And so I started applying it. Like I used to have my coaching and it's so funny. I feel like I'm aging myself. I'm not even that old, but like <laughs> my coaching calls were so old school that it was back when I had to use like a calling card to call in because oh they weren't on zoom back then like zoom and skype wasn't a thing it was an international number i had to call into so i got a calling card and i would go in my bedroom and like use a landline to call in and i was like a closeted coached person um but then yeah so one thing led to another and before i knew it i i got a job i started actually working with my dad uh not painting posts anymore <laughs> And uh, that was in the construction industry uh, and still not like my quote unquote path, if you will. But I was like, all right, it's a job. I'm going to take it. And uh, the next thing you know, I started like making dreams come true of like building a dream home and starting to manifest things like a new car and cash. And then next thing you know, I'm starting my own coaching business because I was like, I got to get this out to the world. Much like yourself. I know you're like, wow, I got to share this goodness with the world. And next thing you know, 2015 was when I opened my coaching doors to the world and then the rest is history. <laughs> wow. And I love that you used the word manifest because around the same time, I think it was maybe 2015, you came on and did a coaching call for my Beachbody team. This is when I first yeah. introduced to you. And this was before I did Tony Robbins, before I had my, uh, my hardship, I'll call it. Um, and I remember looking and going, oh, my God, this is possible. Like, there's something else out here. And I remember you were the one that introduced me to the word manifestation. Oh, no way. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I've heard it in the background, but like, you really grabbed my attention. And I remember that call. And I remember when I was done, I had like pages and pages of notes. And I was like, I need to know more about this manifestation. So for our listeners who have no idea what that means, could you give them a little, I guess, like snapshot of what that is and how you could get started on manifesting? Yeah. So manifesting, I guess, in my own definition of it is intentionally calling into your life what you want. So I'm still guilty of this. Like in our day to day, you just kind of get up and you do your thing and you go to bed and tomorrow's a new day and you kind of do the same ish type thing. Whereas manifesting is really taking that step back and asking yourself, what do I want? And then using your thoughts and your actions to start to attract it, which sounds much more like simple like, than it is in reality. Not that it's got to be like the, the biggest struggle ever, but let's just use money for an example, because that's my, that's my world. So if somebody's sitting back saying, I want to, I want to make more money, you know, I want to be able to, you know, buy my first home or whatever it is. But if you're sitting back, always saying to yourself, God, there's never enough money and I'm always struggling and, um, and not opening your bills and just feeling so crap about money. Well, then you're not in the same ballpark as abundance. So you start to switch around what you're saying, your actions. And there's, I, I like to think of it as a bridge. Like you're at point A and you want to get to point B. 
And the gap is, is your journey. And it starts with shifting what you say, what you think and your actions. And so at first it might be hard or it might feel hard. Cause it might be like, well, I am broke and I got no money and life is hard and blah, blah, blah. Well, that's all fine and dandy, but you can at least start with some encouraging things like today, you know what? I'm just going to find one thing that's great about my money today. And it might be, you know what? I'm really grateful that I could afford to put a roof over my head today. Or like if you go to the gas station, you fill up your car, like thank you universe for giving me the 50 bucks to fill up my car today or whatever it is. So just finding those little things, you don't have to go from I'm broke as a joke to I'm a millionaire, <laughs> but just what's that little baby step where you can start to call in what you desire. And then, I mean, there's, we could talk about this for hours and hours, but that's essentially it in a nutshell. <laughs> oh, no, I love that because I feel that we often don't give ourselves the space to really ask ourselves what we want. So in a way, I feel we're always manifesting. It's just yeah. you're being intentional in what you manifest, because if you're wishy-washy in your thoughts and you don't really know what you want, then that's what you're bringing in. And I didn't realize that. I was like, oh, OK, I, you know, I'm a positive person, but I've never really asked for something really big. I just knew what I wanted and put my head down and went for it. Yeah. So I love that definition. And how big of a role would you say manifestation played in you building your business to what it is today? Geez. Um, <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> I mean, I want to say like the biggest role, like all of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's the thing, <laughs> right? Meaning like you said, we're always manifesting. It's just a matter of, am I manifesting what I want or what I don't want? And that's like I say about affirmations. Um, if you don't affirm what you want, the world will do it for you. Yes. Right. Cause we kind of get put into our peg hole of this is who you are. This is your identity. This is what you get to have in life. Don't ask for more. Don't ask for less, like shut up and sit down mm -hmm. kind of thing. So true though. So true. Yeah. And so if we're not actively affirming, this is what I want, then we're going to let the world by default do it for us. Yeah. And we all have this reel of thoughts that happen over and over. And if people just took a step back and actually looked at what they were thinking and just observed their thoughts, they would be able to see, oh, I am actually manifesting the thoughts that I'm thinking daily. Yeah. So just choosing a different thought, which I think is just so powerful because we are, we're not taught that we can choose our thoughts. Yeah. And it's okay. Cause I, I mean, like sometimes, you know, the thoughts really want to take over and feel like crap and that's okay. But like, even if you have that one little sliver of hope of like, okay, I'm just going to change this thought or just take a pause from the, the thought that doesn't feel so great. Um, it just mm -hmm. starts with these little baby changes. But yeah, I would say that manifestation has been everything in my business because the, the first step is asking for what you want. And so even before my business started at the time I was working with my, with my father and I was making it was like 50 or 60 grand at the time. And I was on a single income because my husband then boyfriend was away at school. So it was all on my own in terms of finances. And I was house hunting because I wanted to get out of the house. And I, um, I just couldn't fall in love with the homes I was looking at. And I was like, well, but this is all I can afford. You know, the banks told me this is all I can get for my mortgage, blah, blah, blah. And then it was like, but you know what? I, I want something more. And so long story short, I wanted to build my own home. And I put it out there. Like I put it on my vision board. I started thinking about it. I started dreaming about it. This was before the days of Pinterest. So I would literally go to my grandmother's house and she had stacks and stacks of house and home magazines. And I used to take garbage bags full of magazines from our house and flip through and cut out pictures of what I wanted <laughs> in my house. And then next thing you know, somebody, a family member offered to lend me some money to build my dream home. 
It's just so amazing how things fall into place once you put it out there. Yeah. And it's okay if it doesn't feel attainable. That did not feel attainable to build this beautiful dream home that then I flipped and sold and then moved on to like, it's become a, a thing for me now of real estate investing. But at the time I had no idea what I was doing. I just put one foot in front of the other. Like I started with, okay, well, I got the money now. Let me go to the bank and see how this works. Uh, I sat down with the bank. They told me, you know, how the construction mortgage works, all that goodness. Okay. Let me get land. Went on Kijiji, found my piece of land <laughs> privately. <laughs> like, and then I was like, okay, I gotta, I gotta get rid of some of these trees so I can actually build something. So my friends and I would go there on the weekends with chainsaws and just literally, I love that. Oh, I sort of got, yeah. Yeah. I got pictures of us. Like it was a acre piece of land that was completely filled with trees. And I didn't want to just bulldoze them. I wanted to keep whatever I could. So we were like months and months just chopping down trees, burning them, making way for the house. And I was like, okay, next step. Let me find uh, someone who can pour foundation. I love that. But there's so, there's such a big lesson in that because we often don't start with the idea that it needs to be perfect and you need to know every step. So I love that you take mm -hmm. a step, you figure it the next. And that can be applied to business, to manifesting, to pretty much anything, any goal that you're working on. It's like that quote, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? Even though I would never eat yeah. an elephant. <laughs> but it's just that analogy of coming back to take the small steps, not the big steps. And I think that's where the magic is. Yeah. And I once heard this uh, saying of, you build a house from the top down. And I was like, well, what? Like, no, you build it from the bottom up. But what they meant was it starts with the vision first. Ah, yes. Yeah. So you got to have the bigger vision there. So you know what you're going after. And then it comes to then, you know, starting with that first. Step. No, that's so true. I love that. Absolutely love that. And I love the fact like this money manifestation has brought your business to where it is today. And I feel the same thing about mine, but you taught me something really cool about money archetypes that I would love to pick your brain with. Yes. Um, so I don't want to butcher it <laughs> with me trying to say what it is, but it's really helped me. But I want, could you just take a moment and explain what a money archetype is and how understanding your money archetype can really set you up for success in your business? So just like human personalities, we're all made different, right? And the more we can embrace our uniqueness, the more we get to be ourselves and not compare and, oh, I should be like that person or I should do these things, you know, the more we get to live our life to our fullest, if you will. So the same applies to our money and in money archetypes. So it's a certified training that I took last year. And the premise is that there's eight different money personalities, if you will. And in understanding them and getting to know yourself better, you better get to utilize your gifts with money. Cause we all, no matter how good or bad you think you are with money, we all have gifts. Even if you're like in tens of thousands of dollars of debt and you can't seem to keep your credit card out of your wallet. <laughs> <laughs> like we all have wonderful gifts. And then on the flip side of that, there's um, things to look out for. Like I call it the shadow side of, of our, of our archetypes, but they're the things that will naturally kind of trip us up which is not to say, you know, they're always going to trip us up. It's just like, oh, so my natural tendency is to go there. So in knowing that I can proactively 
set myself up not to do this in the following ways, depending on what right. their uh, archetypes are. Yeah. So that's it in a nutshell. I love it. Cause for me, when um, we started working together too, I was focusing on, oh, this is what I need to make my, my money goal and all those things. And it wasn't working for me, as you know. And yeah. I was like, why isn't this working for me? But when I lead with service and with fun and with intention and, and with, I guess, you know me, I just like to help people when I lead with that, that what that's my money archetype. I'm the nurturer, right? Yeah. And I think yours, your second one is yes. connector as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I'm not driven by money, but understanding that about myself was such a relief. And it really gave me that freedom to kind of step back from yes, still loving money and being okay with making it. But what I led with is the thing that lights me up, which is passion, servitude, connection. Yeah. And if I didn't learn that from you, I think I still would have been stuck on, well, this is how much I need to make and blah, blah, blah. But by leading with understanding my money archetype, it's allowed my success to happen, I guess, almost organically. Yeah, because the thing I love about money archetypes is it made me realize that we're not all meant to make money the same way, or at least approach making money the same way. Right. And so that was eye open. And it's been super helpful for me as a coach, because even like working with you, um, you know, it's just like if we talk numbers, it just kind of like puts the energy down versus what feels really fun? What are you excited about? And then so in the case of anyone who's listening, who might be a nurturer slash connector. So these these people are the people who naturally are you know kind hearted, loving, and they want to put people first and like um, people over money, that yeah. kind of thing, um, which is fantastic and great. But if we're always about, oh, I want to do it for the kindness of my heart, then we start to get into like not great boundaries. So people walking all over us, maybe giving our services for free because we feel bad feeling like everyone's our friend. So let's give everyone a discount or it for free. So then as a business owner, we, we start to get into some murky, water, murky waters where it's like, yes, it's fantastic to serve and give and love and be kind. But at the end of the day, you got to put a roof over your yeah. head. You got to take care of you, right? You got to fill up your cup. So it's finding that balance. So that would be the shadow side of the nurturer connector. So it's like, okay, since you naturally will want to give everything away for free, what are some things we can set up to make sure that you are receiving for all the wonderful things that you are giving to the world? So you're keeping your cup filled so that you can continue to keep contributing in such an incredible way. Oh, absolutely. And people can't see me, but I'm laughing because when I first started my business, it really wasn't a business. It was me giving away everything for free. <laughs> and, you know, it wasn't necessarily something that I would make money, but if it's my business, you need to. So I really appreciate the fact that you showed me how to lead with my heart, how to focus with service, but still treat it as a business. Yeah. And one of the things that I felt really good about in understanding my money archetype was that I found the area where I could give back fully and then still charge for my services, which the retreat was my thing where I'm like, I go all in, it's a free retreat. Um, but then able to give my services and be proud of the service that I offer and charge for it. Yeah, exactly. Like even now, like there's a charity that I'm working alongside. We got a fundraising event coming up and I'm able to now give thousands to this charity because I can receive here with my work. And then over here I can give freely. And that feels really, really good to give back to this charity. But I wouldn't be able to do that if I was giving everything for free and like, you know, just trying to make ends meet and that kind of thing. Yeah. And you taught me that lesson early about just even around that topic of the fact that the more money we make, the more good we can do in the world. 
And I had a lot of money blocks, which I hope we're going to talk about now in a little bit, um, like things that I believe that were not true about money that held me back. Yeah. And you help people discover their money blocks, break through them. But for those who are listening are like, what's a money block? Could you just explain what they are and how working with them can really enhance your whole entire life and business? Yeah. Well, before I dive into that, because just saying that it reminds me of one of my favorite things is I like to say it's spiritual to be rich, which I feel like growing up, we're taught the opposite of like, if you want to be a good, humble, wholehearted human, give everything away, you know, yeah. maybe not go into poverty, but definitely don't be rich. And there, there's like a negative stigma. Like if you charge for your services or if you um, wanted more money, it was almost deemed as selfish. Yeah. So on programming the way we even look at money. And that took a long time for me because as a, you know, a former teacher and everything, like I worked so many extra hours and to put a value on what I gave as a person, I, as you know, I really, really struggled with that, but it's not a bad thing to charge your worth and, you know, to charge and to look at money in a, in a more spiritual way. So I love that you brought that up. Yeah. And so money blocks, it's a belief that blocks money from coming into our life, mm-hmm. essentially. Uh, it's a limiting belief. So it could be money is the root of all evil. That's a limiting belief. Like that's not going to help you make more money or I can't afford it. Uh, The classic, you have to work really hard to make good money. Um, And there's even a limitation of making lots of money means sacrificing time with my family and friends. Yeah. Um, Rich people are greedy. You know, me getting rich will make me a target. I mean, I literally have a list of, geez, probably 50, 60 money blocks. Um, even in the business context of like selling is sleazy. Um, I know a big one for me that I had to overcome and still it comes up, like pops its head out from time to time of like, it almost feels like I'm taking from someone when I'm receiving. So it's like, I feel bad in receiving money. And I, I read something the other day that I, that I knew, but it's, it's like when you see that thing again, it's just like a little clicks. reminder. <laughs> yeah. And it was just this coach I follow. She had posted, she's like, or she basically said like to paraphrase, like reminder, people paying you, allows them to become more abundant as well. Ooh, I like that. But yeah. isn't that funny how like as coaches, we struggle with this monetary value that we put on our services, yet we're consumers and we are in a world of consumers where people spend things on products, but it just seems like the coaching world, there's a little bit of a stigma attached to it in terms of the value that's placed on that service. Have you found that? Yeah. And just to that point of as coaches, like when we increase our rates or what have you, like it doesn't feel quite aligned anymore. Uh, then there's the block of, well, I got to do a hell of a lot more in order to deserve this rate that I'm charging. Yeah. Right? So we can really get in our heads of our worthiness of, am I doing enough? All that fun stuff. It is, it's so much. And like you say, every time you up level, you have a new devil, you have something more that you're working on. So I feel like from my experience, there's always a new money block. There's always something that comes in. The more I grow my business, the more I put myself into the world, there's always these new things. And you're like, God, I thought I had that done by now. (laughs) And it's funny you say that because like, I feel like a bit of a a crazy coach in, in the sense that I get excited when clients come to me, when they're having their like moments with their fears or their limitations. Because even just recently, I had a client of mine um, who launched a new course into the world and it was going so well, getting lots of signups, all that goodness. And uh, next thing you know, I get a message from her being like, oh my God, I feel so bad. Like people are going to know how much money I make. Like it's simple math. 
I have X many people signed up. This is how much it is. All the things were coming up and I'm like, yes, like this is amazing. <laughs> Cause like you're up leveling. The blocks are coming up only because you're up leveling. Cause if you were staying the same, they would have no reason to pop their head out and put yeah. you down. So I was like, fantastic. Let's get excited about this. Let's call BS on these limitations. Let's acknowledge why they aren't true. Uh, and let's focus on what's going really well. You know, like, holy cow, like universe is really supporting me with this because look, 80 odd people just signed up for my course. Wow. I truly am meant to get my talent, my gifts out into the world and people need my services. And it's so crazy what our brains do. Like when we are up leveling and it's like, no, 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 come back, come back. Yeah. But it's, it's cool how, you know, there's ways to bypass it. It doesn't have to be your reality. It doesn't have to be your truth. And I love that you do that. Um, what is the biggest myth you would like to debunk around being a money mindset coach? Well, I know that when people talk about money um, because they're, they have their own money blocks, I'm sure there's these uh, misconceptions that they have. What's one that you would like to debunk that you might get quite often? Ooh, um, that's a good question. Okay. This is one thing that I'm passionate about that, you know, can I, can I curse on this? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> is that so, and I, I only found this out from experience of the mindset without action is bullshit. Yes. I love that. <laughs> So back in 2015, 2016, I had done a lot of mindset work and I had been tinkering, you know, I've been coaching clients here and there, but it wasn't like truly consistent, like full on business. And I realized that I was basically, you know, talking the talk, walking hardly any walk. <laughs> so I feel like a, a myth is that you can kind of sit back, you can affirm things, you can dream it, you can talk about it with, you know, your coach or whatever. But if you're not doing anything, well, then that's the proof right there, what you truly believe. For example, there was a course that's now become like my signature course. It's the Richmond Group course that I sat on for a year. If you're bored enough, you can actually scroll back in Facebook, probably early 2016. I forget what I called it at the time. Basically like a money challenge, help you, you know, manifest more money. It's going to be a five-day challenge. I posted about it and said like, you know, details are going to come soon. And then I ghosted. <laughs> I didn't do anything for like eight, nine months. No, probably 10 months. And then finally I had the courage to actually go do it. And then when I did it, that first round, it ended up being like a 20K launch. Wow. I sat on a 20K idea. And, and then not only that, but I've served like hundreds of people in that course now. And so I was doing my mindset work, like envisioning, oh, I want to have this many people and it's going to be so amazing and blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, the bigger thing was my fear of putting myself out there. And what if people hate it? And what if I screw up the tech side of things? And I don't know how to do that. Like the fear was the larger part. And so finally, when I took action and got it out there, it worked. So myth number two is people think that you have to have full alignment to move forward. So I wasn't fully aligned when I moved forward with that program. Right. I was just 51% or more aligned. Because if you think of it, like I like to use a seesaw analogy. If there's two people sitting on a seesaw, whoever's even just one pound heavier is going to hit the ground running first. I love that. Right? It doesn't have to be 20 pounds. It doesn't have to be just one pound and they're going to hit the ground first. So that's like our thoughts. Whatever's just slightly more prominent is going to lead the way. I mean, I have it with clients, you know, with let's just say changing their pricing, increasing their pricing. I got a call coming up with a client. I'm so scared what they're going to think of my pricing and blah, blah, blah. Okay, great. You get to have your fears and you get to move forward and do the thing anyway. 
Absolutely. It's facing that fear right in the eye and doing it because action, that's where it all is. Yeah. And I'm pretty confident that some of our listeners are totally resonating with this fear thing Mm. because I feel that fear is the number one thing that holds people back, that stops them from reaching their dreams and their dream business. What was the indicator that made you take action? Like, what was the thing that you were like, hell no fear, it's not (laughs) happening again. What was that thing um, or that maybe a tip that you could give our listeners that could help them take action too? I feel like this isn't the best answer for everyone listening, but for me, and this is going to sound horrible, it actually was money, meaning... I had invested in a coach that was way more than I wanted to invest. It wasn't a safe investment, we'll say. It was something that stretched me far outside my comfort zone. And knowing my money archetype now, I'm an accumulator. So accumulators love to have money. We love to have savings. We get comfort in it. And so at the time when I was like, I'm doing all this mindset work. I'm not taking any action. So I hired this coach that literally I was like, if this doesn't work, like I'm going to be broke. (laughs) Well, and not, not the fact that, you know, you would be broke, but I love the fact that you found your motivator. And I think the motivator is different for everybody. Like if I, for me, that wouldn't work as you know, but for other people who are listening, they're like, yeah, no, if I invest in something, then that's going to make me go. So I do that for courses often, you know, I'll, I'll announce a course, the course might not be created, but once I put it out there, it gives me that kick in the butt that I need. So even if you're listening, find out what motivates you to take action. Maybe it's a big investment. Maybe it's servitude. Find what is your motivator. And I would say, because maybe in this particular, whatever area they're wanting to apply themselves, maybe like, but I haven't been successful and I don't know how to get my motivation. Think of a past time in your life where you did find that motivation. Um, and what were the, um, components of that? Yeah. So for example, I was even just thinking of this the other day for myself of I'm highly accountable when I'm in the middle of a renovation project, like building my first home, because there's other people that need things on time. So I have other people looking at me being like, where's the supplies for this? Where's the flooring? I need the paint color for this, blah, blah, blah. So other people need the accountability. And also if time is money, the more I sit on a property and don't get it going, the more I'm paying an interest, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So I'm very accountable and very motivated there because there's a lot of external factors happening. Right. So maybe even just finding that accountability partner. Um, <laughs> there's people I feel like we, like if I told my husband, can you hold me accountable for this? It actually wouldn't work. <laughs> like, like, did you do it? I'd be like, no, no. You'd be like, okay, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> At least you tried. At least you yeah. tried. <laughs> and, and like me being the accumulator, like parting with my money, like kills me. So as you know, like the thing I did the other day was there was a Jehovah's witness that, uh, I didn't want to donate to, to each their own, but it just wasn't my jam. And so, um, I told myself if I don't get this thing done by X date, I'm promising myself to donate a thousand dollars. And I was like, come hell or high water, that thing is getting done because I'm not donating. Like, I will donate to a charity I love, but like, they're not getting my money. <laughs> well, the cool thing is, is that you know what motivates you and your yeah. values are not going to align with you making that investment. And by having that thing and people yeah. knowing the thing that drives them for any goal that you set for your life or your business, just know what your motivating factor is that's going to push you. If it is donating to a charity that you don't agree with, or, <laughs> you know, just find your thing. I absolutely love that. And I'll catch myself thinking of you telling that story and I giggle a lot. <laughs> 
Like I know a friend of mine, she had someone who made their promise, but it was to donate to the Trump Foundation. And they were like, nope, not happening. <laughs> like not happening. Yeah. So I mean, each their own, but uh, no, yeah, Trump is not going to happen for sure. Either. <laughs> um, so you now have a lot of success in your business. You've overcome a lot of hurdles. Yeah. Um, you've done the work. You've taken the action. But has there ever been a time in your business where you felt like quitting? Because I feel that a lot of people who are in business, there's a time I can think of several for me where things were challenging, things might not have been working out as planned. And you're like, okay, that's it. If this doesn't work, I'm done. Yeah. Have you ever felt that way? And if so, um, what did you do to overcome that doubt to get you to where you are today? There was two times that I can remember early on. Um, and I feel like once I overcame these, it, it kind of locked in of like, okay, no, I'm, I'm really doing this. So since then I've definitely come against hurdles, but none that have been like, I got to quit coaching. Like I always know I'm a coach, but early on. So when I was doing my coaching training, I remember after the first weekend, um, sobbing in my bed one night being like, what the hell am I doing? Like, I'm going to get so much judgment from my family and friends. They're going to be like, who the hell do you think you are doing this? Like, what do you know? And I guess this would have been what six years. So I would have been in my mid twenties. So especially like what a 20 odd year old know about coaching people. So there was so much judgment in my head and I was just sobbing. And for me, I believe in signs and it just happened to be that I got an email pop up in my inbox and it was something that I normally don't check, but anyways, I opened it and it was something along the lines of like believing in yourself and you got this and move forward and blah, blah, blah. And I just felt like that was the nudge from the universe being like, come on, keep going. So that was the first hurdle. But the second biggest one probably came, I don't know, maybe about a, within a year after that, where I had another like, no, I'm not good at this. I don't know why I've been telling myself I can do this. And I remember I had a coaching session that day and I was kind of like scared of it because I was like, Oh my God, how am I going to tell right. my coach that I'm quitting? And I sat there and I was just like, I don't think I'm going to go on with this. Like I'm going to quit. And she just was like, Nope, you're not quitting. <laughs> like, and I just knew that this person could see in me more than I could see for myself. Oh. And so I believed her. Thank God. And, um, I was like, okay, I feel like she can see something in me that right now I just don't believe in. So I'm just going to lean in that little like mustard seed of faith and hope in that. And then I, I kept going. And then from that point on, it's like the rest is history kind of thing. I think that's beautiful. And it's so true because sometimes we can't see our own light. And I think it's so important to have somebody who can draw that out of you. Because what a disservice to this world if you were not a coach, <laughs> seriously, <laughs> it would be a lot less of a nicer place. So I'm glad that you continue to believe in yourself. But for somebody who's listening and who might be feeling lost and maybe don't have a coach to pull that light out of them, yeah. what would you recommend them to do You know, if they just feel like they don't know if what they're doing is the right thing? What advice could you give them? Well... Hopefully people listening have at least one person they can talk to yeah. who is that, you know, trustworthy, non-judgmental friend. So I always know that if all else fails, let me just talk to my husband. I know that he's a safe space for me to chat things out with. So find at least one person. And no matter how crazy your thoughts might feel or like, I find just getting it out of my brain and talking it out to someone. And let's just say someone is listening and they're like, I don't even have that. Well, then just write it out to start. Yeah. Like literally just write out how you feel. Like I feel lost or I don't feel great about this. 
because I find that in and of itself is very therapeutic. And what I like to do is shift it around what I call like my head shit journaling. So even to this day, we all like, I don't know, till the day I die, I'm still going to have crap that comes up that it's going to need to be sorted. And so I'll write out all the negative things I'm telling myself, you suck, no one cares about you, blah, blah, blah. And then I'll just, I'll cross it out and I'll rewrite the truth of the matter. And you can do it from whatever's easiest for you to think of the perspective of a best friend, universe, if you believe in God, whoever it might be for you, but think, what would they say about this? Yeah. And then I just write out, you know, the loving truth behind this. And I find that is really helpful. And then the last thing I love to do, and this is not, if anyone's listening and like, oh, I'm not religious or anything, but I just pray. And it's not from a religious sense. It's just simply like putting it out to the universe. And I just talk to it like it's, it's a friend sitting in the room where I just literally sit on my chair and I just say, I'm feeling really stuck on whatever it is, you know, this new launch I have going or what, whatever's going on. And I just really need your help and support. And so I'll just put it out there. And the cool thing is, and not a word of a lie, I don't think I have any occurrence where I haven't received that support in some way, shape or form. With, and the cool thing is within like 24 hours. Wow. Yeah. Where I'll get a shift or somebody will write me a really sweet message just being like, I just want to thank you so much for whatever. And I'm like, wow. Like, I think the key in shifting from that negative, I'm feeling hopeless state is find just those little tiny glimmers of hope for yourself. doesn't have to be, you know, you get a brand new job tomorrow or you win the lottery the next day or whatever. It's just like, what's that one little kind gesture that someone gave you? Or what's that one little glimpse of love in your life that you can lean on today. So find those little baby things. And as you add them up, they will lead you to a more fulfilling life. Oh, I love all of that. Every single bit of it. (laughs) It's so true. And we often look at the things that are not going right. And then in the pursuit of that, we miss all the beautiful little small things that are happening that if you Mm -hmm. gave them focus, they could be really big, beautiful things. Yeah. You know, and not quitting too. I just think that when you have a mission and a vision, things are going to get bumpy, but holding on to that and just believing in your mission, it's such a powerful tool to have for sure. Yeah. Another quick question about the online business. Like since COVID hit, you and I have been fine. We are online. This is our business, but I'm sure you have other challenges as an online business owner. What would you say your biggest challenge is as an online coach um, in today's world? Like what's your biggest thing? I find that, especially as I'm in like the scaling phase of things, I really value quality over quantity. And I find we're living in a society that really values numbers and likes and comments and that kind of stuff. And so I'm currently working on how do I keep that connection, keep that quality of of people that I'm engaging with and supporting while also growing my business and, and not feeling like a small fish in a big pond. Ah, uh, yes. Like I love showing up. Like I've said it to you before, like I love, I love doing posts. I love doing live streams, that kind of stuff. And so I know when I'm inconsistent with that, I'm in my head and I'm thinking, Oh, other people are better than me and blah, blah. So I just have to really focus on what do I truly want to do today? If nobody else gave a shit, if nobody had one comment, one like one, whatever, would I still do it anyways? And if the answer is yes, then I know I'm on my path towards, you know, the success and the growth that I desire. And I know that I'm living in my truth. Mm. So that's something that I'm consciously working on, I guess, is just really finding that 
that connection in my business and staying true to me and not getting absorbed in what I think I need to do in order to, to grow. The shoulds, the case of the shoulds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Case of the shoulds. Yeah. No, I love that. And I, I love that you said you came back to, if nobody liked it or commented on your post, it's showing up from that place of love, you know? And I think when we do that, it's great, but Instagram and Facebook and all these social media platforms, it is, it's driven by likes and comments. So it's really hard to separate yourself from that. And for a lot of people, it's the thing that stops them from putting themselves out there. Yeah. Right. So coming back to that place of love and servitude, and if it feels good for you and even what I always do, and I might've gotten this from you actually, is if I can help just one person with what I posted, yeah. if the answer is yes, then I forget the rest, you mm-hmm. know? So it's just really leaning into um, that. And I got to be honest, like consciously, when I make a post, put the phone down and not look at the likes. Yeah. Because it's a thing that we're constantly reminded. Like when you get a like, you get a message. So we're being conditioned to look for those things. So I'm really trying to turn my notifications off, reduce my social media time, and just keep coming back to that place of, no, this is love. This is how I want to help people. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's a big one. Um, and that's hard. It's hard to be on social media. Yeah. And not look at it. Cause the other thing is like, I love talking to people. So when people do comment, I'm like, Ooh, let me go like chat with them. Like, so I do love it, but it ends up being a cheap drug that we can get addicted to because it gives you the high and it gives you the love. Mm, that's so true. Um, how yeah. important would you say it is to have mentors when you're growing a business? For me, it's been very important. I pretty much like 90%, maybe even 95% of my journey have always had some sort of mentor, coach, group that I'm, that I'm paying to be a part of. So I find it really important because I always want to be inspired. I always want to be challenged. And I know um, when I invest that I'll show up to do the work. Yeah. Accountability. Yep. And now Having said that, this is not to say your whole audience got to go out there and spend money to you know, grow because I have a, a mastermind peer friend of mine um, that I caught up with just a couple months ago. And she was saying, because we can also get into the trap of investing of like the shiny object of this person's going to help me grow and that person's. And if I just buy this one more thing, then maybe I'll be enough. Right. And she had had enough of that. And so last year she made a promise to herself of like, I'm not investing in one more thing until I implement the things that I've been taught and learned. And funny enough, she actually exponentially grew her business last year. And when I caught up with her, she's like, Oh my God, I had my best year ever. I'm fully booked with clients and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, wow. So to each their own, like kind of find that nice place for you of like, are you investing a lot in things and just trying to hope that someone's going to fix you? Cause if it's coming from that mm-hmm. place, maybe you just need to take a step back or are you investing in things? Cause it feels really good and it feels empowering and you're ready to take on that next challenge and that next level. Yeah. And because that's a very blurry line because in business, sometimes people look for other people to fix them. And as coaches, we know that we can't fix those problems for you. We can guide you. We can show you, we can give you the tips, tools, and strategies, yeah. but you have to show up and do the work. Yeah. And I do think that there's a misconception about what a coach does. And what our roles are. So, yeah, no, I think you're right. It's a really um, healthy balance and finding a coach that you can resonate with. Um, And if you're listening, you're like, yeah, no, man, I need a coach. I would recommend that you really interview who you want um, or who you think could help you and then make a decision based on that. Don't just interview one person, like go around, see who you can resonate with, get testimonials, do all the things because 
Yeah. There are bad coaches out there and yeah. you want to make sure that you are investing in someone that can help you. Yeah, exactly. Um, talking about mentors, I do want to publicly say thank you to you for paving the way for not only myself, but for so many other women who you have helped overcome money blocks and you have just been this trailblazer who is showing other women what's possible. And I really appreciate you being in my life and shining the light that you have. Thank you so much. I love that. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> okay. Time to laugh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So this is a rapid fire. So I will ask you a question. The first question that comes to your mind, you got to say it. All right. <laughs> Everybody gets so nervous on this part. They're like, I don't know what to do with rapid fire. <laughs> this one, you should be able to get right away. Okay. Who is your favorite spice girl? Ginger. Nachos or tacos? Tacos. I thought you were going to say nachos. I know. I, that's why I said it. I was like, it's actually tacos. Yeah. Oh my goodness. A nickname you used to have or you still have? Tubby. Really? Yeah. Well, I, I love eating. And my, my, my maiden name is Thompson. And my best friend's grandfather said, you're always eating, aren't you? Tubby Thompson. And then it's yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, everyone calls I wasn't tubby. expecting yeah. that. <laughs> Who's your favorite Harry Potter character? I don't, I don't follow Harry Potter. Do you know how many people have come on the show and not know Harry <laughs> Potter know. and have refused to take it off the table? <laughs> You're like, so everyone needs that. I, yeah, I, like, I lightly, like I watched the movies, but I only read one of the books. Oh, well, talking about books, what is your favorite self-help book? Mm, oh, God. Uh, the Alchemist. Well, Alchem it's not really a self-help book, but it's just a book, The Alchemist. Yeah. yeah. What's your go-to order from your favorite restaurant? Oh, um, lately I've been loving the Sprout and like, and like their tacos, their pad thai, anything. But I had a kick of sushi, but now that I'm pregnant, I'm, allowed, I'm not allowed to have sushi. So, oh, I love the Sprout. Um, sunrise or sunset? Sunrise. What's your go-to pump me up song? Oh, oh, oh boy. God, that's hard to pick, Gina. Um, <laughs> oh my God. And I'm so bad with song names. Um, I'll say Red Light, Green Light by Duke Dumont. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> if you could win an Olympic medal for any sport, real or fake, what would it be? Um, I mean, the only thing I have had a chance at was rowing, I would say. So we'll, we'll go with rowing. And a fake sport? fake sport I, I feel like I would love to do like skiing gymnastics or like something in the snow or like a sledding thing like I could see you doing the rebounder I gotta be honest oh my god yes how did I forget about that yes the trampoline rebounder stuff yes you would rock it yeah uh, if you could change your name what would it be Ooh, I always love the name Abigail oh I love that name too mm. if you could have one superpower what would it be I've always wanted to fly my whole life. I made cardboard wings and jumped off my parents' shed to see if I could fly. It did not work. <laughs> I'm learning so much about you. <laughs> I know. You're like, you're such a weirdo. <laughs> no, I love you more. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Uh, texting or talking? Uh, talking. I hate texting. Morning or night person? 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lately, it hasn't really been either, <laughs> but nice. <laughs> You're like, I'm sleeping whenever I can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Describe yourself in three words. Ooh. Um, oh, God. Energetic. Um, food lover. Uh, I guess that's three words there. <laughs> no, one more. Oh, shoot. Oh, okay. Um, and okay. Energetic food lover. And um, I don't know. Fun? Yes. <laughs> I don't know. If you were stranded on a tropical island and you had sunscreen and all the essentials, what are two things you would want to bring with you? My robe. <laughs> yes. <laughs> My robe. And I need a good lounge chair. And then I'm like, uh, good to go. Very important. Yeah. Tea or a latte? Latte. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Eat out or dine in? Uh, eat out. Would you prefer to climb a mountain or jump from a plane? Uh, jump from a plane. I've done that. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Well yeah. done. Um, are you spontaneous or do you like to plan things out? Spontaneous. And if you were really hungry, would you eat a bug? Oh, I'm like, I'm like, what's the other options? Is it bug or nothing? Like, am I starving in the jungle? <laughs> uh, yeah, let's go starving in the jungle. Oh, I, I, I mean, I guess I'd have to for survival. You're like, Ugh. yeah. <laughs> Would you rather be able to speak every language in the world or be able to speak to animals? Mm, ooh, oh, man, probably every language in the world. That's a tough one, hey? Yeah. And a little bit more serious, but what's the best piece of advice you've ever gotten that you wish you knew earlier? Mm, oh, my goodness. Start before you feel ready. Oh, I love that one. That is so important. Yeah. I freaking love it. And still to this day, like I catch myself because one of my uh, like my theme for this year is uh, believing bigger. Ooh. And in order to believe bigger, you got to you got to do bigger. And so I keep, you know, catching myself of like, okay, where can I start where I don't feel ready, where I don't feel like I'm, you know, enough just yet, or I need more training or I need whatever. It's like, no, start now. Start now. I love that. Just like everything. Take that first step. Yeah. I love it. Well, Emily, this has been so much fun. And for all of our listeners, where can they find you on the internet? <laughs> and Gina, you are the best. This is the most fun podcast in the world. Oh, thank <laughs> you. Everyone who gets on there is like lucky to be here. Um, where they can find me in the world is go to the richwoman.ca. Find me there. And then if you find me on Instagram or Facebook, it's just Emily King Co, CO as in coach message me or something. I'm not like, like I said, quality. I love chatting with people. So don't be a stranger on the internet to me. Don't be a creepy lurker. <laughs> say hello. <laughs> say hello. Say, Hey, I heard you on Gina's podcast and I'll, I'll say hi. <laughs> and you also have a really cool course coming out about money archetypes. So if our listeners, if you are intrigued by that, I highly recommend that you pop on over and check it out. By the time this podcast is released, it'll be out into the world. Yep. So go and sign yourself up and uh, get in and all of her goodies. Emily is absolutely amazing. And thank you so much for being on the show, Emily. You're such a breath of fresh air. Thank you. Do you struggle with limiting thoughts yourself? Maybe you are experiencing the imposter syndrome where you don't believe in yourself and your business and your negative reel is really holding you back. If so, I have a free resource for you. Head to the show notes and click on the link to get it. 
I promise you it will help you and therefore will help your business as well. If you're new to the podcast, thank you for being here. And if you haven't left a five-star review, please do so. I would really, really appreciate it. And if you or someone you know would love to be a guest on the Keeping Real podcast, check out the show notes as well and let's get you on the show. Hope you have the best day and thanks for keeping it real.